Hello and welcome everyone to episode 89 of the App EVs podcast. I'm your host, Chris Rogers, and this week's episode will focus on the Aptera news for the period between November 20th, November 26th, 2022, which will be about the recent Alafe webinar focusing on durability and a small update on deliveries. everyone i hope that you all had a great week for those based in the united states happy thanksgiving and i hope that you were able to enjoy the weekend with loved ones and family the first story of the week is about a recent webinar with alafe focusing on the durability of the hub motors this webinar was actually a couple of weeks ago but i didn't have time to really dive into it until now it was also a highly technical presentation that I can't claim that I fully understood the principles behind the, or I guess the specific testing procedures and maybe the physical and engineering or physics-based and engineering-based explanations for what it is that they're doing. But I'm still going to do my best to try to digest the information and summarize what was shared. Quick background fact that was interesting, which something that I wasn't really aware of regarding Alafe, but they were founded way back in 2006, which is not far off from the time that the first Aptera company was formed. Back then, they weren't going with motors, and so it would have been interesting if they both could have started around the same time with the same goals. Although I guess since they were more in the R&D phase, that is, Alafe, they wouldn't have been able to partnership with each other at the time. But it's interesting that both companies go back and it's taken a it just shows how long it takes to to go from research and development towards the actual commercialization of a new technology. The main presenter from Alafe was Blaj Grafenauer, who is the head of computer-aided design at Alafe and who worked on designing and validating the motors for different severe conditions that they would likely face. After an overview of the Alafe's or of Alafe's overall company history, Blage jumped into the three main challenges that they face with the hub motors. According to Alafe, these are the durability of the construction that goes to the materials, I guess, that are used in the hub motors, the optimization of the design, that's in terms of the stiffness and the build of the motors, and the complexity of the thermal mapping for example, or that is the cooling, sealing, and losses that would be faced within or facing the motors. And forgive me if I maybe, if there's anyone from Alafi who's listening to this and if I kind of butchered that summary. Um, in, in other words, what Alafi was trying to do is create a stiff and durable, yet lightweight and compact motor that is able to distribute heat and friction well through operation. There are a lot of loads and stresses and forces that are placed on the hub motors by nature due to the fact that they're based in the wheels. And that, that goes beyond just the external forces such as road conditions and potholes and includes heat changes as well as the electromagnetic loads on the motors themselves. In the presentation, they talked about how there are external and internal forces. The external ones are very obvious when you think about the wheels, everything that impacts the wheel of a car. Again, that's a curb strike, that's a pothole, that's a speed bump, etc. Different road conditions, 
I think that's something that is well understood, and that's what I was thinking about in terms of testing the durability. But there are also internal lobes that face the motors, and, and that goes into the, I guess, electromagnetic loads or, or different stresses that relate to how the permanent magnet motors are operating. But those also create forces and stresses that led to different design challenges that they had to overcome. And so, you know, moving on from that broad summary, the other big hurdle that they had to solve, you know, when thinking about these external and internal forces related to how permanent magnet motors work. And based on my understanding of how that, you know, they work and which is, you know, the permanent magnet, or just to clarify, that's what's used in the hub motors themselves. There is a physical gap in an electric motor that separates the moving rotor as well as a stator core, and that's referred to as an air gap. And this separation must be steady and in place for a permanent magnet motor to work properly. Traditional EV motors have, they've also shifted, to, or there are a number of EVs right now that are using permanent magnet motors. But in a traditional electric vehicle, those can be in a more fixed location. But in a hub motor, those will face additional challenges because of the way that forces are exerted on the wheels through turning, braking, etc. And that all results in slight contortions and compressions of the motor itself. And for that reason, a lot of Alafe's work towards durability and a huge focus of the presentation itself was on modeling the forces that will be exerted on hub motors to make sure that the air gap in order for the permanent magnet motor to operate correctly is stable. The analogy that was given in the presentation that made most sense to me in terms of how I'm thinking about it is that it's like the separation, when you think about the gap that must be in place for a permanent magnet motor, it's like the separation that you would see between a wheel and a brake caliper. You want that separation to be fixed. You want to have precise control over that so that it only touches when you want it to touch. And I think in the case of a permanent magnet motor, you don't want it to touch at all. And I guess if it does touch, you want it to touch in a very specific way. But, you know, the way I was thinking about it with the brakes is that if when you were turning the wheel, that would cause the brake calipers to touch the wheel and and that would cause slowdown. You wouldn't want for that to happen. It would disrupt the performance of your overall vehicle. Same thing or an analogous thing with the permanent magnet motor. You don't want, you want that there to be a gap that is fixed for it to work properly. And it appears based on the presentation of my understanding of it, that through their overall design, they were able to solve for the, 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 the need for a fixed air gap by designing the hub motors in such a way that external forces, for example, bumps and, and what happens during current cornering, they don't act upon the permanent magnet motor itself, thus preserving the air gap. Those forces are separated in a particular way so that they, they impact other parts of the construction, but not the component of the motor itself where that air gap is. So there's some twisting that's occurring that is still preserving the core functioning of the motor. And, and you put differently, they looked at the way that a wheel would, would bounce around or, or vibrate during use, and they made sure that the air gap in the permanent magnet component of the motor would behave 
in a, a separated and also predictable enough way for the motor to continue to work properly. In, in the presentation video, the uh, Blage goes through a number of slides and you can see a whole host of graphics. And this gets into the part where I, I have no idea what they're showing. You can see there's different components of the hub motor that are moving around and twisting. They're color coded, I guess, showing the magnitude of the stress, but it's showing the way that the motor itself or components of it are twisting, but there's a gap that's fixed. Um, the, you know, what Alafe has been doing over the last several years is they've been subjecting the motors to a range of tests for just the overall durability to make sure it functions, but also to make sure that, you know, that, that gap is staying in place. And some of those are pretty wild. I mean, I, I guess if I, if I'm honest again, I have no idea what sort of testing happens to other motors and, and other cars, but it, to me, it, it just looked like what Alafe was doing was, was trying anything and everything. And that includes vertical strikes onto the motor. And that might be, those are the sort of forces that you'd expect to come from a pothole as well as lateral strikes like might happen from hitting a curb. And in order to test that, it looks like what they use, they, they literally bounced a, or slam down a 50 kilogram or 110 pound weights on the motor to see how it would react and they showed this one test that at first i thought was you know they showed the 50 kilogram weight and then it looked like you know they had um they're saying a, a 100 g shock and i was like why it's like if you're looking at 50 kilograms why are you looking at 100 gram and then what i realized that what they're actually doing is a shock that was equivalent to 100 g's of gravitational force which they also subjected the the motors do, which again, uh, I don't know what sort of testing you need to do on a motor for that. That seems pretty wild and pretty extreme, and I guess impressive that the hub motors were able to withstand it. Other tests that are significant for vehicles included temperature ranges, which went from down from negative 40 Celsius to 85 Celsius, or negative 40 Fahrenheit to 185 degrees Fahrenheit, and which are again extreme unworldly conditions that you're never going to face and but apparently the hub motor stood up to that and if i've understood the presentation correctly they they also subjected the motors to a salt spray test an ice breakup test salt water immersion salt mist test and mud immersion test over the course of two years from sometime in 2016 to the first quarter of 2018 to and and they then validated these tests on actual vehicles to confirm what their in-lab testing condition or conditions were showing and at this point they had a video clip montage that included some of Lafay's vehicles as well as some customer vehicles and that includes lordstown motors endurance pickup truck where they they look like they were really putting the motors through some intense rough terrain conditions uh, to see how they they would work and the goal is that the hub motors would, what was stated was that the goal is that the hub motor should last the entirety of the lifetime of the vehicle itself, which is, I, I guess that's exactly what you would expect from the motor in a vehicle. If, if the, and that, that's going to apply for an internal combustion engine vehicle or any electric vehicle, the, the last thing that should break on a vehicle is the motor itself, its propulsion system. The presentation then 
transition from there to a Q&A portion that revealed some more about the durability of the motors itself. For example, there was a question about the protection offered by tires for the, the motors. And according to Blage, it's, it's not just the tires that you have to factor in, but there's also the rim of the, of the wheel as well that's an important structure. Because in order to damage the motor, what you would actually require is, is a sort of catastrophic failure of both the tires and the rim before it would then penetrate and then damage the motor itself. And to me, it sounds analogous to the, the bumper and maybe the engine housing of an internal combustion engine of a vehicle. If you got in an accident that pushed through the bumper as well as the area that houses the engine enough to, to affect the motor, then you've, you've, got, you've completely totaled the car and you've destroyed it. But that's what it would require in order to damage the motor of an internal combustion engine vehicle. You, you require sufficient force to basically destroy the car. Um, um, and similar to the hub motor, you would need to strike it with such impact that you destroyed the tire and the wheel, and then you would be able to damage the hub motor. Um, if you're talking about regular day-to-day -day impacts, though, you know that that's not that's not going to damage the 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 motor. And I guess you could think about with an Aptera because of the the way that the wheels are externalized. Maybe it would in your head. Maybe some people are thinking that the hub motors on Aptera vehicles are more vulnerable in a way. But again, I, I guess if you're getting in an accident that is smashing through the wheel pants, the tire, and the wheel of an of your of your vehicle, you've 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 totaled the car. That's <laughs> that's not the durability concern that you should be thinking about. If, if your durability concern is if I completely destroy and exp and detonate my car over a landmine, yeah, you've you've broken the hub motor, but you've also destroyed the car. Uh, a related question was about the integration of hub motors into the rim of the, of a vehicle in order to save weight and cost. And interestingly, um, what was stated is that there are no real gains from integrating the hub motor into the rim as well. What Blau said is that you would have to, in order to do that, you would basically have to over-design the wheel itself in order to incorporate the hub motor into it. And, and I think that was really, you have to over-design it in terms of uh, providing the, the needed stiffness. And so you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be saving any weight and you, you wouldn't be saving costs as well. The most interesting question to me was about how Alafe estimated and, and tested the realistic loading load testing parameters for the hub motors. This was a huge part of the presentation where they were modeling what are the loads, you know, the internal and external loads that would be impacting the the hub motor in, in order to figure out what sort of tolerances were needed, what materials were, were required. And according to Blage, they looked at the the maximum bend of the motor in order to figure out what is the what is a realistic load, and that is mostly based upon the vehicle's weight. In, in other words, when they were testing the loads that would be exerted on the motors, uh, they were they were looking at things like Lordstown Motors, their endurance pickup truck, which are going to be dramatically different from what you would see in an Aptera. So so putting everything together. Alafe basically tested the mode, the hub motors to work with loads that would be exerted upon them in a 6,400 pound 
or 2,900 kilogram pickup truck. That's the Lordtown Motors pickup truck. That's how much it weighs. Meanwhile, Aptera vehicles weigh less than a third of that. And I don't know if, if you're looking at loads on the hub motors, if the, the overall weight, if there's a linear relationship between the overall weight of the vehicle or, or an exponential one between the weight of the vehicle that's been moved by the hub motors and what's being exerted on them. But either way, it means that they basically modeled forces that are orders of magnitude greater than will than will likely ever impact an at the hub motor in an Aptera vehicle. They've they've built it to move around a tank when it's it's basically moving around something that's as heavy as a motorcycle. So there's just way less stress. They have in a, in a you know there is a the question about over designing the wheel. In a way they have over designed the durability of the hub motor um, for for the purposes of Aptera vehicles. Um, so Overall, I'd have to say it was a, a very dense presentation. I hope that my summary helped to break some things down and 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 maybe you know, yeah, I guess help you to digest what it was that was shared in in the presentation. Um, and for those who do have the more engineering background, you'll have to forgive me for mistakes that I made, and that includes any staff at Alafe. Please feel free to reach out to me at appevspodcast at gmail.com if you have any corrections on this this portion. I'm going to include a link to the recording from, you guessed it, the Aptera Owners Club. They had a recording of the presentation in in the overall show notes. Um, you know, my my perhaps my biggest takeaway of this is that, um, you know, one of the things I noticed is that Aptera was not referenced at all in this presentation. And that's likely because, you know, they're... When they're looking at the durability of their hub motors, you know, they're it's it's not as impressive for them to talk about the vehicle where the least stresses are going to be exerted upon the the hub motors. And so they're 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 very confident at this point that their their hub motors are going to operate just fine in heavier vehicles and, and so it's not it's not it's it's not helpful for them when they're trying to sell their hub motors to other companies and organizations to say like, oh yeah, you know, you know, this, this vehicle that weighs less than 2000 pounds also can use our hub motors just fine. And so, yeah, the, the overall takeaway is if it's going to be working, moving around basically tanks, then Aptera vehicles are, are going to be just fine. And, you know, great job to the team at Alafe for, for, for figuring out and solving all these durability problems um, in the hub motor. The last news story of the week is, it's going to be a short one, but it's really an update on a, you know, a statement from co-CEO Chris Anthony last week, where he mentioned that deliveries are going to be funding dependent. He, he mentioned that in the presentation with Monroe and, and Associates that I talked about last week. And if you've reserved an Aptera and you go into your dashboard, there's a an update, a delivery update that says, um, and previously it said, I think 2022 or, or 2023, or I think it might have said 2023, 2024. Now it says late 2023, 
through 2024 as the, the timeline. You know, that's what it shows for me on my dashboard. Additionally, there's also a statement on the on the website now that goes as follows. It says, we're now deep into the final stage of development, Delta, as we drive solar and mobility forward with you. We are continuing to raise the necessary funds to purchase equipment, tooling, and parts to ramp production. We are eager to finalize our production intent design and reveal renders of Delta by the end of the year. Our delivery timeline depends on many factors, including meeting our funding objectives. Once we do so, we plan to scale as quickly as possible to full-scale production, beginning with our launch vehicle. The finish line is on the horizon, and along the way, we will continue to share company milestones with you and update your dashboard. Once we meet our funding objectives, we will be able to provide a more accurate delivery timeline for our reservation holders. In the meantime, we thank you for your patience and continued support. Your success is our success. Based on that statement, Aptera is officially trying to set the appropriate expectations for the deliveries, the first of which will be targeting Southern California in late 2023. I think it would be reasonable to assume if you are a customer that is not in Southern California, say, for example, Eastern United States or abroad in Europe or around the world, and one of the, I think it's, was it 170 countries have a reservation? But if you are if you are abroad, then you're looking at 2024 at the earliest for the delivery of your vehicle. And seeing how the messaging it has gone from discussing production intent vehicle by the end of the year to shifting into finalization of design by the end of 2022, this is something that I've seen people have said from Aptera over the last few months. It's not really surprising that they have finally updated the dashboard and provided that statement. While they have less, I have to say, the Aptera, they have less stringent testing requirements. This is one of the ways in which I was thinking this is going to get pushed back. Pushed back. But because it's an auto cycle, they have less stringent taste or safety testing requirements. There has not been an update on safety testing. And in my head, this is this is why I was thinking it was like, oh, this the delivery is going to get pushed back because you'd have to assume you're not going to see deliveries until several months after they have completed all of their safety testing of the vehicle. And so even when they were saying finalization production intent by 2022, until they were saying, you're going to say something about NHTSA, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, until they said something about their their testing, it was kind of figured that like, no, that they're, they're still working on some things that are, are critical for them to get these vehicles out the door. Um, in in my head, you know, without knowing what that testing process are, you know, there I had also questions about their validation of their battery modules, which I think needs to undergo significant testing. So the fact that they were finalizing that earlier in the year, it just seemed like, you know, when they were saying deliveries possibly at one point they were saying deliveries by the end of 2022 and maybe early 2023, and I was kind of like, oh, that doesn't doesn't really seem that you know that you know that feasible in any case at this point i'm not concerned about aptera's ability to actually deliver the vehicles you know i um i imagine that you know when they're saying funding dependent you know we need to meet our funding objectives and then we're going to be able to update that what in, in my mind what i'm speculating is that they're looking for funding they're looking for a significant injection of funding but mission alignment of whoever's going to invest, as well as maintaining company control, 
are significant restricting factors and, and critical components in the sort of investor support that they're seeking. They've probably received offers with the funding that would be needed in order to deliver some vehicles, but it's coming from institutions that are, are probably also asking for the ability to exert control of the company, which is basically what led to its bankruptcy and its initial creation or formation. Or, you know, they're, they're, they're coming from investors where they're not necessarily as interested in the overall sustainability mission, you know, the, the drive for sustainability of the company. And so people have, have maybe come along and said, oh, you know, this is great. You know, once you take their money and, and Aptera has likely had to say, has, has had to kind of weigh their, their needs for funding with also the, the fact that they don't want to repeat the mistakes that they made um, about 12 years ago when there's a group that came in that then implemented managers who had different ideas for the company and, and that was that was it so you know we're i guess we're all kind of in the situation where we're we'll wait for additional delivery updates um from from the company i guess the you know i guess that means that that's really the the big news that we should all be looking out for is is a statement from the company of we have secured X amount of dollars or, or support needed from this entity that will allow us to commence um, production. That that sounds that is now the biggest news that we should all be. If you're an Aptera fan, and you're interested in you've reserved a vehicle. That's the news that you should be looking for. I'll continue to provide updates on this podcast as they make them. And so I guess we should all stay tuned. And that concludes episode 89 of the AppDVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow this Aptera movement. I also include my referral link in the show notes, which you can use for $30 off the $100 refundable deposit, meaning that your reservation would be $70 for an Aptera. The AppDVs podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, which hosts the podcast itself. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to appevspodcast at gmail.com or um, I'll, I'm still on Twitter at app underscore EVs podcast. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies. And in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.